Okay, thank you all. Um, one thing, too, faith always is uh, faithful to do the BGMC and talk about missions. But to be real honest with you, we don't mention missions near often enough in this church. We, we, need, to, we need to, in fact, not a private conversation, but just in conversation with Brother Marcus, we're going to start trying to get some missionaries in here. We're going to start trying to get some some people in here that we can see, that we can know that we're supporting, and that we can, you know, we can get back on the right track because we've kind of fallen off the track as far as missions goes. And um, if you're not supporting missions, I promise you, your church is not going to grow because that's one of God's heart. That's part of His heart is to support missions. So, but anyhow, that's that's um, different right there. We're going to do a little bit different today. I'm going to do the announcements, and we're going to do the offering. And while we're doing the offering, Brother Mark is going to come up and talk for a minute about some of his stuff on his heart, and then he can turn it over to Julie, and she can have it. Hey, you got to remember, I always say, I am from Texas. So just, just remember that. Okay, uh, we haven't been real good about contacting our visitors either. So we want to start making an effort to contact our visitors and see who they are, get to know them. And so this is a visitor's card for anybody that is interested. Sister Carol, turn around look at Sister Okay, sorry. Uh, so she's gonna she's gonna uh, take on the uh, visitors uh, part of our service, not our service, but of our church, to be sure that everybody gets a welcome card or gets a, a welcome call, or maybe just a handshake when you come in and let you know that you're welcome here and we love you and we want you to come back. Another one is we've had lots of people ask about new membership. Uh, I don't have any cards to show you that, but Brother Marcus has got those. He needs. He will talk to you. He will discuss it with you and tell you everything that uh, you need to know about being a new member, and we will be tickled to death to have you join our church. So keep that in mind. I mean, if you don't want to join, you just want to come, hey, we're glad to have you here anyhow. We don't, we don't really make you join this church. We just welcome you in to fellowship with us and have a good time. So, okay. Now... How many of you guys have got a honeydew list at home? <laughs> okay. I've been telling you for a while that inside the bulletin there's a prayer list. Open it, pray for the people. But now then, we've changed it. On the back of it, there's a honeydew list. And it's got all the things that we need to get started with to make our church grow and help us out with everything. And it's got some people that we need volunteer help with and someone to contact. And I'm not on that list. That's management on my part. I managed to not get on the list. 
Okay. So, but a real important message for today is after service today, we're going to be looking at the possibilities for carpet, for the carpet, for this flooring and everything else. And we've been working on this for months. If you want to have any say-so in it, today's the day because we're going to try to get started on this within about the next week and and get this stuff all changed up and done out, okay? Um, that is uh, something that we've been waiting on and waiting on. I know everybody's been curious about it, excited about it, everything else. So remember, after church today, we're going to have some pictures right up here, big pictures about what it can look like with this or this or this. And we want people to get their input on that so we can, I mean, everybody's not going to get what they want, but we want to get the best for everybody. So you guys stay after church, look at the pictures, and talk to somebody about the carpet. Me, Brother Gary, Brother Marcus, uh, Brother Ron, um, <laughs> Brother Merle, Brother Rick, all of us are on the, on the board, and we're welcome. We're more than happy to talk to you about it, so we really need you to stay and get involved in that. Okay, the rest of the announcements are just, you know, the same old yada, yada, yada announcements, and I'm not going to make all those because I've already taken up too much time. But now then, we're going to do one thing. We're going to take the offering. And um, did anybody ever work in an office where if you're the last one there, you get thrown under the bus, you get to be the volunteer for everything because you weren't there to say no? So, okay, guys, come on up. Do the offering. Here's the deal. I'm going to throw Brother Dan under the bus because he hadn't been here. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't, it's just, I mean, listen, Brother Dan are good friends. We've, had, we've been friends a long time, and we can have fun together. So, and that's what this is all about. So um, you guys uh, get ready for the offering, Brother Dan. Okay, just before we get started, I want to reiterate a couple things on your bulletin. Everybody got a bulletin in here? If, you're, if you got it. Um, we, we do have some areas of need in the church, and um, and if you'll look at some of those, we I, I want to start a greeters list, so if you're interested in becoming a greeter, get with me. I want to make a schedule. Um, I think it's important when people come in to, to, meet, uh, to meet somebody with a smile and say, hey, this is where we're at, and so I'd like to get a schedule together, and what you do is you get a couple... Or maybe an individual that wants to do it for that month, and then you do the next month. And then if you're not able to do it, you can call the person on the next month to do it for you. But how many of you guys like going into a church and meeting someone? We're a smiling church anyways. Like we're a friendly church. But it's good for somebody to be there because they can hand out things like the, like the, the, the new visitor cards or 
uh, get to know somebody and ask names. And so if you're interested, would you please get with me about that? And I'll get you on the list and we'll try to get a schedule together. Um, we also need help in the sound room with, with uh, Rick. If Rick's gone, we need some extra hands that be trained by Rick in that and, and Sherry. And so if you're interested in that, uh, the meeting room with Gary. I don't know. Gary's in there all the time. Um, so how many of us don't like always doing it? He likes doing it all the time, but it would be good to have somebody to help him. It's always good to have somebody to take somebody's place, right? Um, so uh, the worship team, just to, you know, get with Julie if, if you're interested in doing worship. Get with her, though, and I'll let her handle that. So um, the other thing is the security. I have a good friend of mine. He's a Tulsa police officer. He was a Bigsby police officer for 12 years. He's done security for Life Church, and so... I plan, I've already talked to him, plan on having him come down at some time. It just depends on when he's free to do some security training. Um, so he understands this stuff. He knows what's legal and what's not. Um, and then also the kitchen. So like if we have, you know, we have a funeral or we have a, a, a gathering together, that we get some ladies together, somebody that would like to head that up and get call some of the ladies to help. I know we already do that, right? But it's good to have somebody that you can designate to call other people that you can depend on. So those are just some areas. Just remember, get with me about that. Another thing, again, about the carpet, you're going to get some beautiful pictures. You're going to get two different pictures today. So if you're a member, please stay after the service. We won't take up a lot of your time. Um, I know it's hot and you want to go eat. And, uh, but we're going to show some pictures, as uh, Randy had already said. And it's, we're going to show two different pictures and so of what it might look like. And we have to get this done because insurance is wanting us to to use the money that they gave us. So, um, And then also, if you know anybody that's strong and able to help move these things that you're sitting on. <laughs> yes, Robin. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know we talked about that. I should have got with you. Sorry about that. But, yeah, no, that's awesome. We get some big old football players. It's a whole lot easier for them to move these things than some of us. I mean, I'm already short, so if I pick one up, I might get a little shorter. So, um, And then just a couple other things. If you know anybody, um, we're planning on getting ready to do a, um, a harvest festival this fall. We want to start planning for it now. Um, with Jupiter jumps and a trunk or treat and so you know those are things that we're looking for it's not now but we're gonna so if you're interested in volunteering for that we're gonna start planning for that we need to reach kids for the community and so that means getting out to the community there's some uh, housing around here the houses over here houses over there that we can go out and go out into the community and get get to know some people amen yeah. all right well I'm gonna turn it over to Julie would you please stand We're going to worship this morning. Go ahead, Dennis. I'll start playing. Father, we just want to thank you for the presence in this house this morning, God. Father, we just want to lift and magnify your name, Father. We just ask that you would have your way in this service, God, and don't hold anything back. Pour out your blessings and your anointing on your people this morning as we pray. Hallelujah. strong in battle how God can never fail 
through him all chains are broken in him the sick are healed and in the name of jesus giants are defeated every single mountain has to move you're faithful to your promise finish what you started there is none as powerful as you songs this morning, I didn't realize it until after we got to practice, but they're all magnifying His name. And that's why we came here for, is to glorify His name. The name above all names, the name that just a whisper 
of his name can move mountains. Father, we depend on you this morning, God. Yes, Lord. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing it louder, because nothing has the power to save but your Jesus, in your name we pray, come and fill our hearts today. Lord, give us strength to live for you and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower, your name shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder cause nothing has the power to save but your name is a strong and mighty tower your name let the nation sing it louder your name let the nation sing louder cause nothing has a power to save but your name yes sing his name this morning sing Jesus 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 your name Jesus 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 your name Jesus 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 in your name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in your name. Oh, just your name, God, just your name, God, hallelujah. submit ourselves, our hearts, and our minds to God. Father, we just want to calm ourselves before you, Lord, to be still in your presence for just a moment, God. Father, open our hearts to receive this morning. Open our ears to hear your word, Father. Open our minds, God, to the possibilities that hold in your name, Father. 
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. As I know there is peace within your presence, I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Take care. 
God over sickness Father we speak deliverance this morning over anxiety and fear and depression God we speak victory in life over our families Father over our children God over our spouses over our parents Father over our extended family God we speak life today in the name of Jesus have your way Father have your father. Have your way, Father. Let's sing that chorus one more time. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is love. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows. I was thinking about uh, what Julie said this morning and and as we were singing that song I kept thinking that we need to speak over our family the name of Jesus so would you just take a moment just speak over your family just say Jesus touch my family 
Lord, save the unsaved in my family, our family members that don't know you. Father, touch your hand on our families. God, raise up the men in our families to be the spiritual leaders of our home, to lead in prayer and Bible study and, and the fruits of the Spirit. Lord, help us all. Father, touch, touch moms as they, and, and dads as they raise their kids and grandkids, Lord. God, touch our families with the power of your name in healing. Father, touch minds this morning, minds that are attacked from the enemy. Lord, we are reminded in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5, that, Lord, the, the, the weapons that you have given us are not of this world, but they have divine power to demolish strongholds, imaginations and pretensions that the enemy has set up in the mind. And we can take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ through the Word of God. God, help minds this morning. Lord, it, it says that, the Spirit was upon you, for you came to preach good news to the poor and release captives. Isaiah 61, to pour out the oil of gladness instead of the spirit of despair. God, would you do that this morning in families this morning? Those that are here this morning that need to hear that and those that are listening online, God, touch them right where they're at. There's no distance in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you this morning. Have your way in our lives. You know, before we get ready for the word this morning, a picture that keeps coming to my mind, and this is for somebody, and I don't want you to come forward. I don't want you to do this between you and the Lord. But it's like you're playing, playing games with God, like Russian roulette, like if you're standing there at a target with an apple on your head waiting, for that arrow to hit the apple, well, sometimes that arrow can miss. Father, for whoever that is, you know who they are. I pray, Father, that they will today completely and totally surrender to you, your plans, your desires for their life. Father, as we get ready to learn from your word this morning, would you just speak to each one of us this morning? Would you speak to our hearts and our minds? Would you, would you release us from things in our life? Would you help our nation as it def, desperately needs a move of your spirit? Would you touch our church this morning? And we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, amen. I'd like to dismiss the kids to go back at this time. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Um, as they were making their way down, uh, I, God had changed my message this morning. Well, anybody ever get God wake you up at like at 3 o'clock in the morning for no reason? And so I woke up this morning, and um, I was wide awake. And usually when that happens, it's usually God's putting something on my heart and the word apostasy kept coming to my mind. Anybody know what the word apostasy means? Apostasy is a, is a Greek word which means to defect. It means to depart. And 
this is not going to be an easy message this morning. So just I'm giving you a heads up on it. Anytime you discuss this matter, it can be tough. Uh, but it's something that is, God has laid on my heart this morning. And, and so as he was laying that on my heart, I, I'm just like everybody else and I need to start putting this away. But, you know, everybody got a tablet sometimes by your bed. We've become so bad creatures of habit that I all of a sudden I get up and I'm flicking through it and I, I read some news articles from very uh, good Christian uh, articles. And the top thing on there this morning, and, and I'm going to read it real quick uh, before we get into the scripture, because I, I think this is important. Um, we need to pray for our nation. We, we need to pray for the church in America. Um, and, and it's interesting because God said apostasy in the first article that I read was this. Um, and I might get kicked off of Facebook, so, so if I happen, so be it, right? So, a drag queen is topping the iTunes Christian chart, much to the jargon of religious act activists. Let me read that again. A drag queen is at the top of iTunes Christian music. And I, I, again, I told you this is going to be a little sobering this morning. And I wish I could read the article, but my internet's not letting me. But basically, a Christian worship leader that uh, is, how many of you guys know that, that there's a guy going around doing worship all over the United States and it's wonderful? Well, he called this guy out for, for doing this and, uh, and for another guy that uh, supposedly was a Christian, well-known Christian, backing this guy and uh, backing this drag queen. And so he called him out on the carpet and he said, you know, what has happened to our nation? Basically, he said, we're living in the last days. And he called him on the carpet. And people don't, how many of you guys like to get your toes stepped on sometimes? I don't think any of us do, right? But we're living in those days. And he basically called him out and said, hey, we're living in the last days and this isn't right. And, uh, and so the backlash was crazy because all of a sudden, because of that, because he called this guy out on the carpet, People that call themselves Christians put this guy at the top of the music list in, in Christian radio. And, and so, again, we're living in the last days, and we got to realize where things are going. Now, uh, I'm going to let Gary know and, uh, and uh, let Rick know that this is not the scripture that's in the notes. So if you want to find it real quick, it's 2 Thessalonians. Uh, we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in a minute, but I want you to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. This is not in the, the, the ones that you gave me. How many of you guys have a Bible with you? Um, if it's on your phone or with your Bibles. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 7. How many of you guys know this scripture? This, God was laying this on my heart this morning. Um, just a few minutes ago as we were worshiping. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. He says here, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray as you've laid this on my heart this morning, I pray that you will open up all of our hearts this morning to this. Lord, there's times in Scripture when it's not an easy thing to go through it. But it's necessary because your truth is truth. Lord, we want nothing but the truth, which is your Scripture, which is your Word. You said your Word will never pass away. Father, we don't want 
to change the scripture to fit our agenda. We want to change us to fit your scripture. Holy Spirit, would you help us to do that this morning? Father, as I share this word this morning, would you speak through me what you want to say to your church this morning? I pray, Father, that you will help us to realize that you're, again, you are eternal. And there are eternal consequences when we don't follow what your word says. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So again, this is not, so hopefully they found it. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I wish I would have given it to you, so please apologize to Gary and Rick. I've got other scriptures that they've got. So they want to get it up on the board so you can see it. But 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, uh, God is speaking to Israel. And Israel had gotten to a point where they backslid. And the nation had backslid. And how many of you would agree, we're looking at our nation today and we're saying our nation has what? Backslidden. You can do studies today and know that our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Um, when I did Berean School of the Bible up in Tulsa, one of my teachers that came, uh, uh, or had a friend named Roberta Potts, that's Oral Roberts' daughter, and she taught our, uh, came to one of our classes and taught it. And her doctoral thesis was on, does the Bible support the laws in America? And, and, and when she did her thesis and her, her dissertation, I'm sorry, not thesis, but dissertation to get her doctorate degree, she found out that the laws in America fit with the Bible. Our nation, if you look at some of our founding fathers, 27, 27 or 28 of them went to seminary. If you look at a lot of the, the Harvard and Princeton, a lot of them were uh, Christian schools in the beginning. But we're looking at a nation that has departed from God, that no longer is serving the Lord, and it's crept into the church. So God tells them, he says, if my people... He's not saying those outside the church. He's talking about those that are within the church. Now, I understand this is speaking of Israel, but we can apply this to ourselves today. How many of us would say, I am God's person. I'm, I'm God's people. I've given my life to Jesus. I am born again. You can say you're his people. Thank you for getting that scripture. If my people who are called by my name. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14, I shared this a couple weeks ago. Now it's not up here. This is me throwing one out. But it talks about that you and I were sealed with the Holy Spirit when we got saved. God put his spirit into us. And that word, uh, it says guarantee, means ownership. God basically took a signet ring. So in the old days, I can't get my wedding ring off. That tells you how much weight I've gained since I've gotten married. But, you know, you try to do this and rub it off. But in the old days, they had what they called a signet ring. And they would have the initials of whoever it was. And when they sealed a document, they would take hot wax. And they would put that signet ring in there. And nobody could break that seal except for the one that owned it which had its initials on it. So when Paul uses that word in Ephesians, he basically says when you and I are saved, God takes a signet ring and he puts his name on your heart. And he says, I own you. If you're saved this morning, God owns you. Hallelujah. I'm, I'd rather be owned by God than Satan. So he says, if my people who are called by, not, by my name will do what? Humble themselves. 
Now, the English word for humble means humility. Humiliate. That's where we get that word humiliate from. It means to lower your pride and come before God and say, God, I'm a sinner. That's the hardest part for people to, to do is admit that they've sinned and they can't get to heaven on their own. I'm not going to mention the name, but one of my relatives yesterday was going through some struggles and I called this individual and, and uh, the problem is, is they have a God-shaped hole in their heart and they're trying to fill it with everything else but God. And as I begin to share the gospel, you can always tell those that are receptive and the, those who are rejecting because immediately the attitude changed and then they hung up on me. If we humiliate ourselves before God, God says he will exalt us in due time. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Unmerited favor. So he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? Pray. How many of us pray on a regular basis? Yeah, and you know, I'd say set aside a time to pray with God. That's, that's important. I, I try to come in here in the morning. When I was in Abernathy, I liked walking up Abernathy. But, uh, but lately I've been in the church because it's just too hot to walk outside. So I've been coming in here and praying in the morning. I try to get here around 8, 830 and, and walk in here and pray for you guys and pray for the church. Take a time to pray with God, but then pray throughout the day. There's times I pray throughout the day. And he says, and will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. The word seek means to pursue until you get a hold of him. How many of you are pursuing God till you get a hold of him? Are you running after Jesus? Remember, he's talking about his church here. He's talking about his people. He's talking about the Israelites. You're called by my name. You're my people. Are you going to pray to me? Are you going to seek my face? And then the next thing he says here, which is important, and turn from their what? Wicked ways. Remember in the old days, we used to, have the altar calls of repentance. We need to have some more of that, don't we? I mentioned before, but when I pastored up in Abernathy, they didn't even know what the altar was. I had to explain it to them. I had a few people come, what's the altar, pastor? This is the altar. The altar is also where you're sitting. Coming before God and saying, God, search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the life everlasting. How many of us ask God to do that? God, search my heart. Is there something in me that needs to be cleaned, that needs to be cleansed, needs to be changed? Well, that's not a popular message today. You preach that today, people go, oh, I don't like this. This is hurting. This is bothering me. Listen, God wants us to change. He wants to change us into the image of Christ. How many of you guys know what it means to, to, to purify gold? So what they do is with gold, and, and I'm not an expert at this, and there's probably some jewelers or somebody in here that knows more about it. So if I'm wrong, correct me on this. But what they do with gold is gold has a lot of impurities in it. So they have to take it and they have to heat it up. And, and let the impurities rise to the surface. And it's called dross. And they come in and they scrape that off. And they have to do this several times to the point to where you can see your reflection in it. And God does that with us. He wants to purify us until he sees his reflection in us or his reflection in us. Yes, amen. Then look what he says. Then will I hear conditional 
then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This has been preached before. People know this, but we need to get it. The churches, it scares me today what's going on in the church. The things that we're allowing and accepting. It's a scary thing. We need to, as a church, repent. God, bring us back. We need revival. How many of you guys know what the difference is between an awakening and revival? So revival is God coming and reviving something that was alive, but is now dead or close to it. And an awakening is for somebody that's never heard the gospel at all. And God needs to awaken them to the gospel. I think we need both. I think we need a revival in a church and a great awakening again in America. Amen. Go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to be jumping around a lot today. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, look with me in verses 1 through 3. Now, Paul is writing this letter to the church of Thessalonica, and, and he's, he's, he's dealing with a concern. They thought the rapture had already happened and that they were left behind. And he had to remind them that uh, there are certain things that have to take place before the rapture can happen. He says, concerning of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him... We ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you. Let me stop there for a minute. The first thing Jesus talks about in Matthew 24 is he says, don't let anyone deceive you. Deception's going to be great in the last days. How many of you guys would agree with me that we're living in the last days? Now, we don't know the time or the hour when Jesus is going to come back. We don't know the day or the hour. But we can see the season. And, and so he says this. He says, don't let anyone deceive you, verse 3, in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion, some translations say falling away, occurs. First, then the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. The word rebellion is the word apostasy in the Greek. And that's where we get the word defection or depart. It means walking away. And so I titled the message this morning, God can cure your backsliding. Because the word apostasy finds its roots in the word backsliding. How many of you, last time you've ever heard that in church, it's been a long time, haven't Backsliding. So there has to be this rebellion. He talks about in the last days there's going to be this departing from the faith. People are going to say, well, you know, I, I used to believe, but I don't anymore. I was reading an article recently, and a well-known professor at Moody Bible Institute has come out and has, has defected from the faith, says he no longer believes in the faith. And, and, and he taught theology of all things. He wrote books about theology and about Jesus, and yet he's come out publicly saying he has left the faith. I'm not going to mention names, but another man, he wrote a book called uh, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. He was a pastor. Recently was divorced and came out apologizing to the LGBTQ community and now saying that he has left the faith. You're seeing in droves, you're seeing denominations. Now, all denominations are doing this. Some are leaving those denominations and forming other denominations. 
because they don't agree with it. But, but we see mainline denominations that are apostatizing from biblical belief, biblical truth. Is this a hard message this morning? Because it's awfully quiet in here this morning. <laughs> it's biblical truth. It's departing from the good news of what the Bible says. This right here is our guide. God has given this as a roadmap for us. And as we begin to leave this and put our own words into it and change it to fit our lifestyle, then it's no longer truth. Truth is what's written here. Billy Graham always used to say, the Bible says it. This is what the Bible says. This is what God's Word says. Right here. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. The book of Timothy was what we call the pastoral epistles. Paul is writing this to a young pastor named Timothy. And he says here in verse 1, the Spirit, capitalized, the Holy Spirit, clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry in order to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. We're seeing that happen today. Uh, the, the, the climates are saying that cows are the problem for some of our climate change. Seriously. They're saying that only 10% of our, 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 our uh, protein comes from meat, so, and, and meat are the, one of the cows are the biggest problem for this. Sound familiar? It's, it's fulfilling scripture. Abstain, teaching you to abstain from certain foods. Wasn't it the cow that God allowed them to eat? And the lamb? How many of you like a good steak? My wife knows I'm a steak and potatoes kind of guy. I hated baked potatoes when I was a kid. Now I love them. I don't know what happened there. But I love steak, a good steak. And now they're saying that they're making fake meat. Who wants to eat fake meat? Ugh. They say it smells and tastes like it, but I don't want anything. I don't want the fake stuff. God doesn't want the fake stuff. He wants the real stuff. I've, I've heard some, and I'm not going to mention names, but I've, I've known pastors that have said, oh, well, we can do this ceremony. You don't have to get a wedding license. You don't have to go to, to the courthouse. We'll just do this ceremony, and you're married in God's eyes. The problem with that is when you look at the old weddings of Jewish, they had what they called a ketubah, which is a, a marriage contract. Do you know what Israel's marriage contract was to God? The Ten Commandments. Covenants. That's because people don't want to be committed. Same with their relationship with Jesus. If I say a prayer, but my lifestyle doesn't change, then is it real? There's no salvation without repentance of turning from your sin. But Paul says, the Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith. You can walk away from God. 
You know, God's there for you always. He loves you and you can be secure in it, but you have a choice. It's called free will. He never takes away your free will. You can choose to walk out of God's hand. And we're seeing that today. Go with me to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 3. Verses 21 through 25. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 21 through 25. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 21 says, A cry is heard on the barren heights, the weeping and pleading of the people of Israel, because they have perverted their ways and have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, faithless people. I will cure you of backsliding. Yes, we will come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Surely the idolatrous, the commotion on the hills, the, mountain is, the mountains and mountains is a deception. Surely the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. From our youth, shameful gods have consumed the fruits of our father's labor, their flocks and herds and their sons and daughters. Let us lie down in our shame and let, us, let our disgrace cover us. We have sinned against the Lord our God, both we and our fathers. From our youth till this day, we have not obeyed the Lord our God. Now understand, during the time of this, this was during the Babylonian captivity. God took the Israelites into Babylon. And it was because they were, they were not uh, 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 truthful and faithful to their relationship with God. They had turned from the Lord. They were setting up asterisk poles in certain areas. They would still come into the house of worship, but then they'd go and worship idols. We have idols today. You know, I love football, but I've seen lots of people, even when, of course, I'm a, I'll probably get in trouble for this. I'm a Broncos fan. I was born in Denver. You know, the big D. <laughs> Some of you are Dallas fans. It's just football. We don't make their, you know, I, I think they get overpaid. <laughs> but up there, in, when we lived up in Washington, I'd see people that love the Lord, but they'd take Sundays off to watch what? Football. They'd have pain, and there's nothing wrong with supporting your team, but if that takes the place of God, then it's an idol. But God says this. He says to this people in verse 22, return. Faithless people. I will cure you of backsliding. That word backsliding is the root word that we get for apostasy in the New Testament. Now, it's, the apostasy is only mentioned twice in the New Testament. It's mentioned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 that we read. But it's also mentioned in Acts 21, 21. If you'll turn with me to Acts 21, 21. Acts chapter 21, verse 21. It's up on the overhead too as well. Now the Apostle Paul, the Jews believe that he, you know, if you were a Jew back then and you're a Messianic Jew, you know, Paul was Christian, and, but they still wanted you to follow certain things. And so Paul said, I become a Jew to what? To minister to the Jews. So they, verse 21, they said, they have, been they have been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live 
according to our customs. Basically, what the Jews were saying is, uh, now that you've become a Christian, you're telling the Jews to come away from what they, what they were raised in. And, and Paul says, no, that's not the case. He goes on to say, no, that I, you know, I become a Jew to minister to the Jews. And verse 25 says, for the Gentile believers, as we have written to them, our decision that they should abstain from food, sacrifice to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. That word, turn away, is the word where we get apostasy. So in the New Testament, it's mentioned twice. But it's referenced, when anytime you do a reference, it goes back to Jeremiah chapter 3. So we could ask the question, has our nation, has the church in our nation turned away from God? Again, it's quiet here this morning because this is a very sober thought. We all know it. We don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. Um, they, I think I shared this last week, but they did a research just recently. And the average age for attendance at church now is 60 and up. After COVID, only all churches across the board are down 20%. I had friends up there that were, that some of their church people didn't come back to church because they thought, in fact, one of them told a friend of mine, and I'm not going to main because I'm real careful about that, but they told my friend, hey, well, you know what, pastor, I don't even need to come to church. I can just get a cup of coffee, be in my robe, and watch you on TV. The problem with that is we need each other, right? This is a team thing. It's just not me, it's us thing. It's, it's the body of Christ working together to build up the body of believers. We, in order to reach the lost, we gotta, we gotta work together. In order to be strengthened, we need each other, right? Iron sharpens iron. We can't do this alone. If you, if you have a bad day, you need others. I had a bad, a bad thing happen this morning. Some of you know about it. Some of you, it, it might not be a big thing, but it was to me. My daughter's cat got up underneath my truck. I didn't know she was there. I got out of Midian and I seen the cat in the back on the road flopping around. And I began to cry. I couldn't help it. Your animals are part of your family, aren't they? What a sad story. Sorry. So I have a funeral to perform this afternoon. But I felt so bad. And as I was in the office thinking, Lord, is this really what you want me to speak about this morning? And I was in there just so upset about the cat because they're part of your family. And then when you see something dying, it's, it's sad. And as I'm sitting there, the Lord said, that's how I feel about the people that are dying and going to hell. The way you feel about that cat, I feel more about those people that you love that are going to hell. They don't even know, just like the cat didn't know it was on the way to die because it was up underneath the truck. A lot of people are in a dangerous situation. They're doing things like this guy that's a, that's a, a transgender guy that thinks he's doing okay. And yet he's headed straight for hell. I remember when I lived here the first time and the Weber Falls Bridge broke. Remember that? How many of you guys remember that? I lived up in Tulsa when that happened. And people were trying to stop traffic from going off that off the, off, the, off the highway into the, off, was it I-40, right? I think it was I-40. Off into the river. We've got family members and friends and neighbors. And, and to us, they're just neighbors and friends. But to God, He loves them. Even the ones that we think are horrible and terrible in our minds, God's saying, I died for them and I want them in heaven. 
We've become a nation that doesn't preach the gospel anymore. We've gotten comfortable. We'd rather watch our TV program than share Jesus. I'm not speaking to any one person here this morning. I'm not meaning to, I'm speaking to myself too. So when I say this, understand, I'm not here to beat up on you. Do you feel beat up this morning? I don't want to beat up on you this morning. Go with me to Matthew chapter 24. Look with me in verse 44. Now Jesus is speaking in Matthew 24. This is, this is called the Olivet Discourse. There are two that's called the Temple Discourse and the Olivet Discourse when the disciples came to Jesus and said, uh, when, when is the signs of your return and your coming back and of the end of the age? And, and, and you, could, uh, you can take uh, Matthew 24 and, and some of the other Gospels and it, it's like a small synopsis of the book of Revelation. And I want to remind you again on Wednesday nights, uh, I've been speaking on the rapture. We watched a really good video called Before the Wrath. So if you weren't able to make it, you can get it on Tubi or Tubi, how they've found archaeological evidence in Galilee of a Galilean wedding that points to the pre-tribulation rapture and points to some of the things that we're seeing today. So Jesus is speaking to them and in verse 44, he, he's talking about being ready. He says, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an error when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he, does, he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now I shared that scripture last week. I believe it was on Wednesday night. But that goes back to backsliding. Now, he's mentioning the faithful servant. You could put in place those, those that are pastors and leaders, but you could put in there any servant. They call the person master, don't they? Something we've learned about is when you get saved, it's, Paul would say, I'm a bond servant for Christ. That means he's your master. That's what that means. Is Jesus your master this morning? Is he your Lord? And so he says, verse 45, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of his servants in the household to give them their food at the proper time? Do you know God has given each of us, we're all involved. How many of you guys would realize that you're all ministers of the gospel? You may not be up here on the podium or the pulpit. You may be a worker at work. You may be retired. But God has called all of us to minister in his house. You may have different giftings than me. Uh, you know, listen, when, uh, I'm not good at measuring, so thankfully there's people that can measure well. We put vinyl flooring up in the parsonage up in uh, Abernathy, and I'm so glad I had guys that can Yeah, I, I was good in wood shop, but for some reason the measurement just went out the window. And I would measure out, and they're like, no, you're off a little bit. Oh, really? How? You know, there's some people that are good at that. 
You ask me to mess with electrical, I ain't touching it. I watched a guy get electrocuted to death on base when I was in the service. I got to get over that fear, but you know, I just, I won't, I, I, I don't mess with it. I stay away from it. My dad's an aircraft mechanic. I remember he's got three airplanes in a hangar back home at, in his house up in Tulsa in Collinsville. He's got a 50 foot by 50 foot hangar. He's got three airplanes. And I was out working with him one day. He goes, isn't this great? Don't you love this? And I said, no, not really. <laughs> How could you not love this? I said, because that is not my calling. But you put me in front of a Bible all day and I could study it and I love it and I love tearing it apart. Some of you, you're good at working on cars. Some of you are good at uh, 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 whatever it is, nursing or, or finances and stuff like that. I, I can think of a bunch of things, right? Those are gifts that God has given you. And God wants you to be wise and faithful in what he's called you to do and use it for his glory. All the abilities you have are not because of you. They're, God, they're given to you by God. I've shared this with you before, but God gave me the gift of gab. Sometimes I annoy people because I talk too much. I've got to learn how to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Verse 46, it would be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he what? Returns. Remember verse 44, he's going to come and out an hour when we do not expect him. But then he says, I tell you the truth, you will put him in charge of all of his possessions. You and I are going to be rewarded for what we do for Jesus. We call that the the judgment seat of Christ. I shared this on Wednesday. We're all going to be rewarded for what we for, do for Christ. If we did it with right motives, we'll get rewards. If we did it for wrong motives, it'll be burned up. A lot of people think, well, you know, this is my life. I'm saved. That's it. No, there's so much more. You know, we're not going to be just sitting up there playing harps when we get to heaven. God's got work for us to do. And in one of my Assemblies of God books on prayer, he was the, uh, he was, uh, he eventually became, I think, the superintendent of the uh, Montana Assemblies of God. But back, I think back in the 70s or 80s, it's a story in there. And, and this pastor, he was a pastor in a church up there. He was, he was praying for his church and he prayed and he prayed and he went out elk hunting and he didn't see any elk that day, but off in the distance, he's up in the mountains he sees a man with a briefcase and a suit walking towards him, about a 30-minute walk. And he's thinking to himself, did I just see that? I mean, come on, you're up in the mountains. If you've ever been to the mountains, I'm from Colorado. I've never seen anybody in a suit with a briefcase up in the mountains. <laughs> I would think I was seeing something too. Now that I got bifocals, I'd really be checking them and make sure they're clean. He said within seconds that man was standing in front of him. And he asked, do you know who I am? And he said, a messenger from God. A messenger means an angel from the Lord. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm from the Lord. And he said, Can I? he goes, this is a beautiful place. And he sat down and he said, God has heard your prayers and he wants to answer your prayers. What do you want, prayer, what, what do you, what do you want answer for? But God, God can answer, but he likes to use people. That, that, that's the gist of this. God wants to use you. And so the, the pastor said, well, I like the mortgage Paid off on the church. And then he mentioned some other prayer requests. And, and that's when the angel said, okay. And he said, well, I got to go now. I miss the Lord's presence. Well, when you're in God's presence, you just, you, you, you want to stay in God's presence. Amen. Last, last week, I didn't want the service to end last week. That was God. He gets the credit for whatever he does. So 
The next day he's driving and the Lord reminds him, do you remember what you prayed about, what, what my angel said to you? And he said, yeah. He said, okay, well, do you want that? And he said, yes, Lord, I want that. He gets a phone call from a couple in his church that said, we, were, we had some extra money in our account and the Lord told us to pay off the church mortgage. And so, and then some of the other prayer requests that he had mentioned, God ended up answering those prayer requests. So it goes back to this. God wants to use you to minister to others because he wants to reward you. I mentioned this last week, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for we must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that earnestly or diligently seek him. So then he says this right here, and I'm going to get ready to close pretty soon. It says, verse 48, But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And you can find that in 2 Peter chapter 3, where he talks about in the last days there's going to be scoffers saying, Oh, we've heard this our whole life about Jesus coming. Well, when people say that, you know they're fulfilling Bible prophecy? And so they, they begin, it says, then he says, And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. That is one thing I do not want to hear. So we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our loved ones. Some of us know people that used to be in church that are no longer in church. Now I get it. Some people get hurt, right? A lot of the reasons why some people aren't in church is because they get hurt. And a lot of times it's misunderstandings. But God can bring them back. And we need to pray that God does that. God brings healing and forgiveness. You know, people leave because, again, something happened to them. But you know, God can restore that. God is a restorer. He's a restorer of, uh, of relationships. That's why he says, I can cure your backslide. God can change this stuff. It's not going to be a politician that changes our nation. It's going to be his people on their knees praying, God, change us. It's going to be God's people living holy lives, seeking the lost. I want to end with this passage right here. And then I want us to pray this morning. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, and I might read it from the top. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. We could also he say he is patient with what? Us. He's patient with us. How, how many of you are glad that God's patient with you? Listen, I may stand up here and preach, but I have a lot, God's got a lot of work to do on me. I've got a lot of rough areas. How many of you have a rough area? He's patient with us or with you, not wanting anyone to what? Perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's why he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in will not perish, but have everlasting life. So God loves the world. He wants them to come to Christ, but it's their decision. He wants those that once served him to come back to him, but it's still their decision. He wants some of you to forgive, but it's still your decision. 
He wants some of you to just come to him with your need. But again, it's still your what? Decision. This is one of those mornings I can hear a pin drop. In the, so God must be working on some hearts this morning. Listen, this is good for us. I loved last Sunday. But then there's those times when God wants to work some stuff in us. So this morning, I want to do this this morning real quick. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I always like to give somebody an opportunity. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. Every week, I, most of you I've seen before, most of you I believe are saved, born again. Are you here this morning and you would say, every, high, every head bowed, every eye closed, you would say this morning, I'm not right with Jesus. I, I, I'm not saved. Or maybe you, you were living for him, but you're not living for him anymore. You're like the prodigal son that needs to come to their senses. Are you here this morning? And you would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. I, I don't, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven when I die. And I want to turn my life over to Jesus. If that's you this morning, if you want to go to heaven when you die and you want Jesus in your heart and you've never done that and you want to do that this morning, raise your hand. Everybody's saved in here. All right, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I want to pray for our nation. And I have some loved ones and friends that don't know you that I need to pray for. And I want to intercede for our nation. Would you raise your hand? So we're going to pray this morning. And we're going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for our loved ones this morning. Father, you laid this on my heart last night. Because I believe it breaks your heart to see what's going on. We often get so upset and angry about it, but I think it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart to see what's happening, not only to our nation, but to lives. It, it breaks your heart to see what happens to lives. Father, you said if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven and heal their land. Father, we do that this morning. Would you please forgive us as a church? Would you forgive us as individuals for not living the truth? For not preaching? For not sharing? For not loving? You said you taught grace with truth. Help us to do that. Help us to live it out. Forgive us for the times when we have not been a good example of Jesus. That includes myself, Lord, all of us here this morning. God, we pray for our loved ones that don't know you. Bring them into the kingdom, Lord. Convict them of sin. It says the Holy Spirit will convict them of sin, Lord. That's what your word says. God, I pray that as we, give, we get into their presence, they'll sense the presence of the Holy Spirit and begin to become convicted of their sin and turn from their sins. God, would you bring revival to our nation again and a great awakening? Would you touch Lone Grove and Ardmore and Oklahoma and the United States? Would you bring revival and a great awakening again, Lord? We need your touch in our country. Father, we need a revival in the church in America. Start with us, Lord, here in this church. Give us divine appointments. Put a passion on our heart to seek and save that which is lost. We don't do that. You do it. But we go out. We share the word. But you seek and save the lost, Lord. Whether it's in our schools, 
whether it's where we hang out or go shopping or at a workplace, Lord, give us divine appointments. And Father, we thank you that you love us. You love us enough to share the truth with us this morning. Lord, we thank you for all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Well, I know that was a sobering word this morning, but I will never apologize for the word of God. Listen, God's got divine appointments. Um, he's given, you may not know what to say, but God will give you words to say. Maybe it's just to pray for somebody. Maybe it's just to talk to them, build relationships. But when you go out these doors, I, I think of that as our harvest field, right? The harvest is plentiful, Jesus said. So God's going to open up doors. Ask him to. Every time I pray, God, give me an open door. Guess what? He gives somebody an opportunity for me to share Jesus with. And when you do that, yeah, at first it's intimidating. But the more you do it, the more you enjoy it. And God will tell you, you'll know, you'll sense it in your spirit when it's time to stop talking about it. And, and maybe one of these days I'll, I'll give you some pointers. Everybody's different. Nobody's perfect. But God will open up the doors for you. Listen, I love you. I know that was a tough word this morning, but honestly, I really love you. I had to be obedient to the Lord, right? Please pray for our nation. Pray for the church in America. If you have family members or you, you know people that need to be in church, invite them. What's the worst thing they can tell you? No, I don't want to go. And it's okay once in a while to bug them again. God will give you the opportunities, right? And you know your family members. You know which ones you can bug and which ones you can't. <laughs> Let me remind you, too, about uh, Sunday night. We have Sunday night service tonight. We're in the book of James called Faith in Motion, if you're able to make it. And then on Wednesday nights, we have a, a Bible study at 7 o'clock. And we're going, uh, I'm doing a, that series on the, uh, on the rapture of the church. Uh, scriptures that point to the pre-tribulation rapture. Um, and I know there's different views on it. And I've always said this. I, I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. I could share it. But it's all going to pan out in the end, right? So uh, if you're welcome to come to that. And eventually I'm going to do a series on the signs of the times that we're living in. Um, and just a couple tidbits. I know we're getting ready to close real quick. Uh, did you know Amazon just started a store? Well, they've always had this store called Wholesale Foods. They started it when we left. But now they're going to implement it in all their stores. They use your palm to, to pay. I don't know about you, but that's pretty close to what Revelation chapter 13 says. You can't buy or sell without what? The mark. Yeah, go look it up. It's true. You don't pay with a credit card. You don't pay anything. You just use your palm. They already started it up in Seattle when we had left Washington State. So there's things that are going on that a lot of people aren't aware about. And that's what I want to teach on on Wednesday nights. And if you don't believe me, go look it up. Go look it up. Amazon's doing that now. And, Revela and then go read Revelation chapter 13. All right. I love you. Don't forget, if you're a member, please stay afterwards. We're going to discuss the carpet. God bless you. If you need prayer, I'm here to pray with you.